Hello and welcome back to the Star Family Wisdom Podcast. It's so good to be back with you. I'm Jenna Layden, the founder of Star Family Wisdom. And today's episode is a really special one. I'm interviewing Sarah Breskman Cosme again. If you tuned in to the first season, you heard Sinead Wellahan, our season one co-host, and I talk with Sarah about her first two books. Sarah Breskman Cosme is a master QHHT regression therapist of the Dolores Cannon quantum hypnosis healing technique lineage. And Sarah has uncovered some incredible information through her work with many clients. And she's put that information into books for us to read and to, to absorb and to integrate as we are unlearning and relearning about our history here on Earth. So her first two books are A Hypnotist's Journey to Atlantis and A Hypnotist's Journey to the Secrets of the Sphinx. So we talked about that in our last episode with her and, and just talked about how we are really at this point in time learning so much that has been left out of our history books. You know, for those of us who learned history in school, it is such a small, small portion of our true history. So we're at a point in time where we're having this really beautiful reunion with that information. And, and that is helping us heal and transform in new ways. And Today, we're talking about her latest book, which is titled A Hypnotist's Journey from the Trail to the Star People. And this is an important conversation for a couple of reasons, because in this book, Sarah accesses the consciousness of a man who walked the Trail of Tears. The Trail of Tears was an event in U.S. history where many Native Americans were forcibly removed from their homelands. This happened after the conquest and um, arrival of the Europeans in the Americas, and this was one of many violent traumatic events that took place in the United States and South America. Um, this happened all over uh, the Americas and all over the world in various ways. And the Trail of Tears was a trail that our Native American ancestors walked from the eastern coast of the United States to Oklahoma. And this is an important conversation today because my family is Cherokee and my ancestry is Cherokee. My family walked the Trail of Tears. So we're going to be doing some shamanic work today in this episode, in this conversation. And I invite you to participate in that because this is an important conversation where we honor our past and we honor our ancestors. I've opened sacred space and I've called on the four directions and called on Mother Earth and Great Spirit and all of our highest level guides and ancestors and angels to support us and be present in this conversation. And if you are in any way, you know, connected to these historical events, whether it be this event specifically in conjunction with the Cherokee people or whether it be any 
of the violent traumatic events that have affected our ancestors here on earth. I invite you to honor this conversation as a sacred conversation, as an opportunity to release the trauma and the pain that we've all carried. And I invite you to set an intention for you to receive healing through this conversation and for all of your ancestors and all of your loved ones and all of those who you're connected with to receive healing um, from this, this time together today. So, so when Sarah and I uh, begin talking, you'll, you'll hear us um, offer another short prayer to open sacred space, to just reinforce sacred space. And for those who aren't familiar with my background and the, the lineages that I've studied, I'm initiated into the Caro lineage of shamanism um, from Peru. And I'm now a master shamanic energy medicine practitioner. And I'm wearing black today um, for this reason, since we're doing some ancestor work. And we are setting the intention for this to be an ascension process. So as we do this sort of work together, as we set these sort of intentions, as we open sacred space, we can call on our non-physical team. We can call on our guides and ancestors. We can call on the upper world to receive any souls who have been stuck here on earth, who are ready to go home to spirit. So I'm holding space for that today, knowing that these sorts of conversations um, allow for that to occur and allow for the releasing and healing of these wounds. And, and a lot of souls get stuck in limbo because of trauma. And a lot of souls who have experienced these sorts of events or any sort of traumatic events for that matter, you know, in a lot of cases have unfinished business around that and stick around, you know, they don't go back to spirit and continue on their journey as souls. And we want them to do that. We want them to continue their journey. We want them to continue on their incarnation processes. We don't want them to stay in limbo here. And, and so today we are holding space for that. We're holding space for any souls who are ready to move on, who are ready to let go any souls who may have been stuck here on earth, on the trail, or in any other you know, part of the United States, allowing this release to happen and allowing those souls to, to move on. So, so today's an important conversation and I'm just grateful that you're here for it and participating. And if you would like to honor you, your ancestors, your family in a deeper way, if you have connection to this event, if you have connection again to any of these sorts of historical events, I invite you to bring in to this space with us any mementos, photos, uh, ancestral objects that hold the energy of your ancestors so that we can bless those objects 
in this space today. We're considering this a ceremony. We're considering this conversation a ceremony and we can work with our ancestors energy in this way by inviting them in and inviting them to receive healing in this process. So thank you for holding space for this and being part of this conversation, being part of this work today with us. It's important. It's, it's important that we're all recognizing these energetic connections that are present in our current world, in our current era on earth and recognizing how, how these energetic connections are tied to our, our past and our future. And as we do this sort of work to release and heal and transform, we are actively shifting the trajectory for future generations. So thank you for being with us today. Check out Sarah's information in the links below. And if you feel called to go deeper in your healing process, book a session with her. She is an incredible therapist who has helped so many people. And, and as we access you know, some of those deeper layers of information that our soul is carrying, we can find that ability to release. So thank you and enjoy this conversation and I'll see you on the other side. Hi, Sarah, welcome. It's so good to see you again. Thank you so much for having me. It's so wonderful to see you again. Oh, I'm so honored, I'm so honored. It's just such a perfect time to be having this conversation. We were just talking about the full moon. We're recording this on a full moon. And, and the nature of what we're talking about today is really important. You know, we're talking about, you know, ancestral trauma and healing old wounds and reintegrating, you know, lost history, which is, you know, so incredible that you're supporting that sort of work on the planet. And, and to be able to do this sort of conversation and, you know, have this sort of like releasing process on a full moon feels feels really special. So it feels like divine timing. I'm sure it is divine timing. I know it does feel very special. I'm really honored to be able to share this information. Well, I'm excited to get into it. So we'll, we'll, we'll talk about your book in just a moment, but I was hoping, you know, since we're talking about really important information and, and we want to honor that information and, and honor all of the souls who have, had these experiences or been connected to these experiences. I was hoping you would participate in um, helping me open sacred space or just reinforce sacred space. I've already opened it for the day, but um, to do just a little shamanic practice and essentially like hold this conversation as a ceremony and sacred space for all of the souls who have been affected by these well, historical events. I would be so honored to do that. Okay, awesome. Thank you. So, so I already kind of teed up in the intro for, for those watching that, um, you know, my family was connected to the Trail of Tears. And so, you know, I'm holding space for my ancestors today and in their ascension process. And so, so maybe we can just take a moment and close our eyes and connect with our breath. Coming into that timeless place, that place of stillness. 
where we can connect with spirit. And just calling on any of our highest level guides and ancestors and angels and non-physical team, calling on our highest level star family and star nations of the highest vibrations of love, light, and wisdom to be present with us in this conversation, to support the healing of those who are present, to support the healing of the ancestors of all who are present, and to support the ascension of the souls who are ready to come home to spirit for any souls who may still be here on earth, who have hung around with unfinished business, just allowing this conversation, allowing this space today to provide the opportunity for those souls to continue their journey, knowing that we want them to continue their journey. We want them to continue incarnating and experiencing beautiful incarnations in the future. And we, we ask that Spirit, Mother Earth, receive any heavy energy, any wounds, any traumatic energy that those who are present or any of their ancestors or the souls who are ready to ascend, we ask that that energy be received by Mother Earth and Spirit for reintegration, allowing any of that heavy energy to just dissipate, drop away and dissolve so that we all may continue on our journey as souls in more beautiful, positive, joyful, loving ways. Hmm. And we ask that all who are present today hold this conversation as sacred space, honoring those who came before and all of those who will come after. Aho. Hmm. Okay. So beautiful. <laughs> Here we go. We're crying already. <laughs> I know. Oh gosh. So um before we get started, um, I just I want to show you real quick. I brought okay. um a couple of ancestral objects into our conversation. This is from my family. This is the seal of the five civilized tribes of Oklahoma. Um, where my family's from, and this is my grandfather, his, his mother um, and grandmother were connected to the Trail of Tears. So wow. I brought him in today to be present with us and for, for him to receive healing. So, um, so thank you for, for your work. And I, I just want to open it up to you, Sarah, to you know, talk about your experience um, in accessing what you accessed in um, your your session where you connected with the consciousness of a person who was on the trail of tears. You know, first, what was that like when you first connected with that soul? You know, I'm just so honored that they use me basically as a facilitator. Yeah. <clears throat> And when I first connected with the soul, it was really interesting because they said that they had been watching me for a while first to see if I could gain their trust first, that that was very important. And what I came to understand about that was they wanted to make sure that I laid the information out the way they wanted it to. And because, you know, I self-published my books 
it's not altered in any way. There's nobody that gets a hold of it. So I lay it out like the way I hear it. Um, but what happened was I had this client that, well, I won't call her client, a hypnosis subject who actually contacted me at this particular time I was doing a meditation to try to pull in new information. I was doing this kind of meditation where, um, that I was told to me by a different client about how to manifest things and pull different things into our reality. And I was focusing on gratitude and just asking the universe, I'm ready for more information because for me, it's really exciting and I can't wait to find out more. And I love the feeling that the information that comes through that I put into books helps so many people. So I'm just so excited for more. So I asked for more and my phone pinged and it was a message on messenger, Facebook messenger. And it was weird because my phone was set to silent and also messages can't get in that way. They have to be approved. Right. So it didn't really make any sense. But when I looked at the message, it was from this woman named Les. And she said she felt really strangely as if she had to contact me at that particular moment. Now I understand there's no such thing as coincidences now. And I thought that's too much of a coincidence because here I'm doing this meditation and this is happening. That's, that can't be a coincidence, but let me just find out for sure. So I asked her, well, I told her, I don't think this is strange at all. Would you be interested in doing hypnosis with me? And she said she had never done it before, but sure, she'd be interested because she felt so overwhelmed that she had to share something with me, but had no conscious idea of what it was. She just knew she had to reach out to me in out of the blue for what felt like no reason, but I knew the reason. Yeah. So she was being guided. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So in our first session, when I brought her deep under hypnosis, I just wanted to see what happened. I don't lead my clients. So I don't say you're going here or you're going there. I just basically allow whatever's going to come out to come out. And all of a sudden it was this other sounding voice. That was her voice, but it sounded more, way more masculine and it had almost like an accent. And this voice came through and said, my name is Anna Waya and I'm the one who contacted you. And I contacted you because I've been watching you for a while now and you needed to gain our trust first. But now that you've gained our trust, I'm ready to tell our story. And because he was the mediator in his tribe, he felt he was the best one to tell the story of what had happened to them. And then he claimed that he was not in any way um, like dead, <laughs> that he was focusing his energy in a type of meditation where he made himself very still and focused his consciousness to uh, this other version of himself. That was my, I call her hypnosis subject. So he and was like, that, he was like meditating to connect with the future. Yes. But yet, in his meditations, he could see everything clearly from his own timeline. So he could tell me his death. He could tell me before his birth. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah, it it's, does. We can, do, we can do that too, if we yeah. knew how to do that. And he said he perfected this med med meditation after many lifetimes. That well, many shamanic cultures, you know, do, do, yes. do that, you know, sort of work to, to learn how to track, you know, certain timelines and, and, and see, really see and perceive into the future or into the past, right? It's 
So it makes sense that, you know, the indigenous tribes and cultures, you know, many people would have had that sort of ability, knowledge, wisdom back then. It, it was amazing and a really very fascinating and interesting. And his story was just so profound, this firsthand perspective and so many details. Now, my hypnosis subject was a Caucasian woman. Of She was about maybe 31 or something around that age. And she had a relative that was um, uh, directly related to the Cherokee. But other than that, she did not know these things consciously. Yeah. And Anawaya, through her, was able to tell me so many things that she didn't know, which I found very validating. Yeah. And so from the beginning, I just wanted to find out the story that Anawaya really wanted to tell me. And when I, after our first session, when I brought Les out, I asked her how she felt about this. Was she also as interested as I was? Because course I needed her participation and she was ecstatic she wanted to find out more because she had spoken to this man Anawaya in her childhood she thought that was her imaginary friend and now things sort of came to make sense to her that this wasn't an imaginary friend this was someone trying to get in contact with her mm -hmm. so she understood that this information was important and she was very interested as well because she had heard stories, you know, from her grandmother a little bit, but really didn't know, you know, what it was like right. to walk the trail of tears right. from this perspective. So it was just fascinating. So well, she decided. Well, you would Im imagine, you know, most, even though we have historical record of this event, you know, it's not been always told through the eyes of those who, you know, experienced it, right? Who were, were the victims of it. And so, so, so much of that firsthand account we don't hear about, or we haven't been able to really understand or integrate. Oh, I had no idea. I had never been told these things in school. Yeah. I had no idea what they went, what the Native Americans went through. It's pretty brutal. Were, I mean, for those was, who haven't read yeah. your book yet, you know, just be prepared. You know, when you do read it, you know, there, there's parts that are hard to read. You know, this is really yeah. difficult information, you know, to to access. It was, it was very difficult even for me to hear it because I've heard so many different things over the years, so many different traumatic experiences. And it, it really doesn't affect me that it really doesn't affect me as a hypnotist listening and, and, you know, um, recording these sessions, but this one did, I couldn't stop crying. It was, yeah. it, it was nothing like anything I'd heard before. Yeah. I don't want to stop crying. <laughs> no, no, here I go. It was, it was terrible. It's okay. The worst mm. thing we can do is hold it in. It's good to let, I know. you know, right. That's true. <laughs> That's true. Oh, um, it was nothing like the stories I'd ever heard before. I really didn't understand at all that it was more like genocide. Yeah. Yeah. It's like we, we basically got taught in school that, yes, Native Americans were removed and they were, you know, moved to a different area, mm -hmm. but we were not taught about how they were beaten and killed and scalped oh. and all of those just brutal, brutal, brutal acts of violence and it, it, it was so 
uh, just deep, you know, to hear from Anawaya's voice that like they don't see us as humans, you know, like they, these, these white people that showed up don't, they like, they don't even see us as humans. They didn't. And they didn't even see their children as humans. It, it was just so horrific. And what's interesting was that a couple, uh, maybe 10 years ago, one of my relatives escaped the Holocaust and she wrote her own book called E.S. Brent, which means it is burning. Oh, wow. And she described the same thing that they didn't care about the children. They would throw children into a fire. They would just shoot them right in front of their parents. And it reminded me of that, how, you know, humanity can be so manipulated to, to not see that they're looking at another version of themselves, basically. Right. right. God, the trauma that we've experienced in this world is just yeah. awful. And, and I'm, I'm grateful now that, you know, we can have these sorts of conversations that it's, you know, it's coming to light in a way that, that helps us, you know, honor, honor what <clears throat> the people before us have been through. And, 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 it, you know, it's only by facing the darkness and facing, you know, these sorts of things that are very, you know, real for us as part of our history. It lives in all of us, you know, it's only by right. facing that, that we can, we can really move forward in, in new ways. So, so it's, 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 even though it's hard to, to read and, you know, discuss that sort of information, you know, we, we, it's like, we have to go into the darkness, you know, it's like, we have to acknowledge it, see it, feel it a bit to allow it to release, not just for us, but for everyone, you know, who came before us. Well, there's such a benefit in doing that. And it doesn't seem like that would be beneficial in any way, but it's by just like you said, facing it and going into it, it brings you to this new place. It brings you to a new place of peace that you don't have without this darkness. So it's like everything in this universe, there's a good side and a bad side to it. And the negativity serves a purpose. Yeah. And it definitely helps us become even more um, positive in a sense. Yeah. Yeah. Without it, we would just always just stay the same. There'd be no growth whatsoever. Right. Yeah. It's like we have the contrast so we can choose, you know, mm -hmm. so we can, we can say, we don't, we don't want that as part of our reality anymore. We're, we're done with that. Like, let's rewrite the story and choose, choose a, a more positive, like beautiful version of, of humanity going forward. It, it at least gives us that ability to, to see both sides. Yeah. But it was interesting to me because, you know, as in a while, I could understand why this story had to come out because there's so much fighting going on right now amongst each other. And one thing that Anawaya and actually another higher self told me that really helped me understand why they wanted this story to come out so badly was because they weren't pointing fingers. They were basically showing that we are all in this together. I mean, no one ever said it was okay what happened to the Native Americans. But as they were describing what happened to the white man, they described it in a way that I had never heard. Because I asked Anna Wyatt, why did the white man do this? I mean, 
but this stuff that you're telling me is so horrific. I mean, I can't even imagine that this would happen. Why would they do this? And he said, well, you have to understand what we understand. Not all of them, but he understood at this point was that the white man were taken over by this negative force. And he said the white man's culture was stolen from them so long ago that they don't even remember that they have a culture, that they used to be pagans and witches and used to have an indigenous like culture right. that that was with the earth, just like every other yeah. originating culture. And that was all taken from them, stolen from them. And they're just walking around and forgot who they even are. They forget they even had a culture. And it was interesting as I started to kind of understand why they were showing me these things is to show that we're all in this together. You know, we really need to integrate these traumas all together because they're not separate from one or the other. They're all of our traumas. And even for me, as I was working on this book, weird things were happening to me. It was really like what? Well, it's really weird. I mean, I would tell my mom and they started to show up and what happened to her too. (laughs) Like for weird things. Like, um, one time I was, you know, just transcribing a session and the collection of Southeastern Native American pictures showed up on my computer. I didn't put that there. And then my mom was helping me edit a part and, uh, and the, her computer just went into a circle, (laughs) a circle symbol. She's like, they are really watching you, Sarah. Oh, I was like, I know, I know that. I know that I was, I was, um, transcribing the session for, um, the trail of tears part that Anna Wyatt told me, and it was just so hard to go through. And, um, my eyelashes were wet. I know this is really strange to talk about, but they were wet. It didn't make any sense. So, I first started to dry them with a hairdryer. I went outside in the sun to see if that would work. And when I came back to look at myself in the mirror, because I was wondering what is happening, yeah. there was a trail of tears all the way down my left oh, wow. side. Oh, wow. So all these really interesting symbol, symbolic things were happening as I was working on them. And I believe it was really to show me that they were they were helping me. They were there guiding me because they felt that this information was so important. And it's important to understand I'm not the one writing these books, any of these books. I'm simply just a facilitator. I'd love to take credit, but it's not my information. <laughs> this information comes from this consciousness. It's, it's basically for us all. They share it through my clients, through me, but it's not me that writes it. Yeah. Like you're literally just putting the transcript from the session into the book. Yeah. That's I, I edit and then I do have to figure out where things go because sometimes it'll just be so many sessions and I don't know, but I definitely feel guided when I'm working on it because sometimes I'll put something somewhere and all the words will disappear off the page. Mm-hmm. Oh no. Oh, okay. Not supposed I'm to not, be there. Yep. <laughs> I'm not on the right path here. I, yeah. I mean, it's, 
it's really interesting. That happens to me now too, you know, where I'm, I'm guided in that like really specific way where it's just like really clear, like there'll just be something like that that just completely blocks my ability to move forward on something. But then there's just this incredible synchronicity that happens that gets my attention. So then I know that's the right path or I'm supposed to be focused on that. It's like, you know, I think what, like once we're, you know, these open channels, you know, for spirit, for, you know, the higher consciousness to come through. It's like that, that sort of like extraordinary synchronicity can start to happen to, to really validate, you know, help guide. It's just incredible. And it makes me think that, you know, you, you had a life there. Like, I don't think, like, I'm I don't sure experience like physical, you know, physical ramifications. If you hadn't had a life there, you know, I'm sure I did because the information just affects me so much. That's why I just, it's, that's why I was crying. I know that I did. I just don't know what it was because I haven't yeah. had a regression in a while, but it would be interesting to find out. Yeah. Hmm. That's really, it's really special to reconnect with, with those parts of ourselves and to, to recognize like how, how moving it is. And I think that's like, so incredible too, that, you know, any was able to articulate the compassion, you know, that his, he, and, you know, some of his people had for those who were causing the trauma, like that is such a high level of consciousness. Like that is you know, that is really living from like an open heart to be, you know, having that inflicted on you, but to also be aware of why it's happening. Like, that's just beautiful. They didn't all, they didn't all feel that way, but many of them did. And it was so amazing at how connected they really were, just how much they knew. And according to some of the, um, sessions and some of the clients they were very they were very close to ascending basically so and some of them did some of them descended but ascended whatever you want to call it um into like were taken by the nunahe or these fairy people little people as they called them the little people and the nunahe and the nunahe came to warn many of the tribes and said if you a terrible tragedy is about to befall your tribe and you can leave and go with us and go basically deep into the mountain. Those that many of those that did, did end up going into a different sort of higher frequency reality. I just got huge chills when you said that. That reminds me of your other book where you talked about the Lemurian and Atlantis survivors who were basically given some of the same heads up. Like they were operating at such a high level of consciousness. They were able to tune in to like the inner earth realms, I guess. Is that kind of similar? It's yes, it's very similar. And it's really interesting because I always thought you had to leave to leave. I thought you had to go up but it's not the case at all. You can go into the inner earth realms, which is, which is a whole different thing in itself. Yeah. I want to meet, I want to meet the inner earth people. Me too. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, it's a personal goal of this lifetime. (laughs) You know, you can, you can actually, um, 
Some people meet them in Mount Shasta, California. Oh, I've heard that. Have you? Have you gone out no, there yet? I've gone out there once, but before I even knew this existed. I want to go. I Last year, I started having a lot of Mount Shasta, like synchronicities and things coming up that started to make me feel like I think I'm being called there at some point. I, I think I'm supposed to go and do some some work on this. And, well, and civilizations that. leave an imprint, and there was a huge civilization um, that lived within, deep within Mount Shasta, and it basically calls its souls back home. Mm -hmm. And all you have to do is just go there once and you regain a piece of your soul that makes sense back. that makes sense like that's why i got called to sedona because i've had right. past lives here so it's like i've been doing this like integration work here um wow so i want to i want to go back to the the cherokee going with the little people did you learn about like what percentage of the people went into the inner earth or you know like what what sort of detail came out about that you know, I don't know what percentage, and I didn't ask that question, but Anawaya told me that they didn't do that. Okay. They decided not to do that. They had meetings, and they also had meetings with the star people. Yeah. And there's the star people that they were in contact with, the majority of them were from the Seven Sisters, which we came to understand as the Pleiades. Yeah. And so the, these uh, star people wouldn't, couldn't interfere, but they could help guide them. And so it was just agreed upon, or Aranawaya's tribe decided that they didn't want to lose their spoken knowledge. They didn't want to lose their traditions. And so they decided to take the path of walking instead of ascending, basically. And they did that because they knew it was going to be important for future generations. Like, I'm getting chills again. Like, the the sacrifice, you know, like they had the awareness to know that they held knowledge and wisdom and practices and spirituality that was going to be important for our survival. For and, us. Yeah. And they, and they sacrificed for that. Like, wow. <laughs> yeah. It's so heavy. It's yeah. just such a sacrifice. It's so beautiful that they did that for us. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I want to also just, for those who maybe aren't aware, reflect on the fact that, you know, what came through, Aniwaya, is that, yes. am I saying it correctly? Aniwaya. Aniwaya, okay. <laughs> just want to make sure I have the pronunciation correct. So what came through from Aniwaya is corroborated by other historical accounts and, um, you know, indigenous elders who talk about connection with the star wow. people and the seven sisters and the Pleiades. And if, if you haven't read it yet, check out Nancy Redstar's um, Star Ancestors book. Wow. Incredible. This woman who is of Cherokee descent. Oh, this is interesting. I think I'm being guided to share this. This woman who's of <laughs> Cherokee descent um, went around and interviewed all sorts of elders and indigenous people from various tribes across North. And um, I think she did some in South America too, to document what they knew about our connection with the star people and with the star races and, and, and what, you know, their like really ancient connections have been. And, and so like what you found in your sessions is directly corroborated by these other accounts. Wow, it's so that's so confirming because I don't research anyone else's stuff. Yeah. I just 
put it out there the way it was told to me. I appreciate and that that's about it. you. I think, <laughs> I think that that like gives you so much credibility too to be doing the work that you're doing. Well, this book, this book wrote itself in less than a year. Yeah. That was, and, and you have more than more than just Anawaya's story in this yes. book. Yes. So, so I want to touch on that too. You know, you you this the book starts with that story, and that's you know a really significant part of the book. But you go on to have these other sessions that open up even more information. Um, you know about like the number. What was it? One hundred and forty-four. Yes. That was fascinating. I always um, do that when I'm when I'm writing a book, that's the way I research is basically only through my own sessions with people. I don't research anyone else's stuff, but I feel as if I can use people that don't know one another, that don't know what I'm working on. And I ask their higher self or their subconscious similar questions. Then if they all come out the same, then I can use that information. Yeah. I like that. That's basically how I work. I think that's a good methodology. <laughs> it seems to work. <laughs> it seems to be approved. <laughs> so I, I'd love for you to um, just share a few of the other, you know, highlights, you know, from from this book and and what you learned. You, you talk about it being from the trail to to the star people, and so 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 you 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 bring in you know more of these connections with the star nations again in this book, which is exciting and and just more like metaphysical concepts. So you know, what were some of the I guess like more profound insights that came through for you? Well, you know, oh, there are so many, but it was really interesting to see just how connected we humans are to the star people, that it wasn't just the Native Americans, although they had a very close relationship with them and they could, they could see them because of their belief system. And whereas our belief system is basically, we've been programmed to not see them like they did. And because their belief system was that they were real, they understood that they came from the stars. They understood that they were their ancestors. Whereas just like Anna Wyatt and others collaborated, we have those memories or those beliefs have been taken, so to speak, from us so that we no longer, you know, remind ourselves of these beliefs or have them. Right. But understanding just how connected we are to the star people really opened just more information about that. I wanted to go deeper into who are these star people really. And it just seems as though they're just other versions of ourselves, just like Anna, why I was able to speak to me, you know, through um, my client, other versions of other people can speak through them through themselves all the time. If you think about time, it doesn't exist in the rest of the universe. So everything that's happening now and everything that will happen is happening or anything that has happened from the past, it's all happening right now. So you can even tune into other versions of yourself, which are star people. Right. So it's really fascinating when you just allow your mind to understand there's different avenues of you know communication with other beings that are also you. And as I've, you know, worked throughout the years, I've had people who are so afraid that they feel they've been contacted by these star people and taken against their will only when they're deep under hypnosis to realize that those other versions were themselves right. coming to check on themselves. 
if you think about future versions of yourself wanting to help you in this now moment, then you can understand the some of the contact a little bit better. Makes but, it a little easier, yeah, to swallow, I guess. <laughs> makes it a little right. easier to to just feel like it safe with it, I guess. Right, right. But some of the highlights that really were fascinating is and as Anna Wyle was describing walking the trail, he could communicate with the help of his mother to different chiefs, different ancient ancestors that helped me understand something about the ancient civilization Lemuria. Because I had finished a book called A Hypnotist's Journey to Atlantis, in which my client during that time um, described living in this ancient place that we came to understand as Lemuria. Some people call it Mu, but they called it Amman. It was an ancient civilization in the South Pacific. Right. But I asked her to draw the symbol of this land. And she drew the same symbol that the Native Americans use with the four corners. Mm -hmm. And it didn't, I didn't understand until talking to these ancient ancestors that they, many of them came from this land. And it all made sense to me. That's why they used the same symbols. And that's why they had the same type of knowledge, the same type of connection to the star people and the same kind of stories. It all made sense to me yeah. that these were really special people, almost like survivors yeah. of this ancient place still amongst us today. And yet we don't you know, under, we don't recognize them for how special they are. And the wisdom that they carry oh. that that came from that like really ancient time, like for those who haven't read that book, you know, essentially what gets described about Lemuria is that you know, it really was like a Garden of Eden. You know, that was kind of like our original Garden of Eden and, and, and humans like had this very like magical kind of experience and connection with earth. And like you said, star people. And so, you know, a lot of that, got lost, but some of it was preserved. Yes. So, I mean, in a sense, all information is preserved in, I guess you could call it the Akashic records or in certain ways, but the information kind of the physical information that's been carried through stories or carried through people, you know, that's, I guess, a little bit different, those written traditions, but nothing is ever really lost. Right. Like, like you're proving, you know, it's like we're right. some of our information we haven't had access to, but like through the work you're doing, we're bringing it back just in these yes. different ways, which is so incredible. It's like we're filling in gaps in our history. Right. And the, you know, the higher self or the consciousness, whatever you want to call it, kept saying they could take away all your physical, you know, remnants, but they can't get rid of the memories. Yeah. And it's coming back. And little by little, these clues are, are allowing people to look at the clues and then go deeper into the meaning behind them and bring this information back, you know, because the time is right to really have this information again as we move forward in this ascension process. But there were so many highlights. Along what, were, what, were some of the, what were some of your other favorites from the well, session? You know, I was, I mean, aside from coming to really understand Inawaya and what it was like you know, his, his story and how he had so much compassion for people that were so mean to him. Yeah. I just, it was really interesting just how he had so much compassion for, especially this 
man that just would torture him and hit him so much. And Anawaya, the the nightmares about this man would come through less even. She would have nightmares about this man, not realizing who this man was, but it was this man that completely antagonized Anawaya walking the trail. He would beat him. He would tie him up and beat him and just leave him there. And this, it was interesting because this man was just so triggered by Anawaya because they were so similar. And Anawaya kept trying to remind this man that, hey, we're just, we're just like the same person. We both had very similar childhood hoods where Anawaya's parents were killed and his parents were killed. And he just, they had so many um, similar, you know, things, but they just grew up in different cultures. And this man hated what he saw in Anawaya because he saw himself to a degree, but Anawaya had developed a compassion that he had no, you know, he had never seen before and it upset him so much. Wow. That's, I just want to like hold space for that for a moment. Cause that's, that's so profound. You know, that's like something, you know, I think so many people go through, you know, given the level of like distortion and, you know, separation we've been living in and the level of trauma and violence we've been living in, even in modern times, you know, it's like when we start to wake up to that, even just a little bit, it, it's, it's, it's like in that case, you know, with this man, it's almost like you go into even more struggle and violence and separation, you know, yes. until you can break, you know, free from that, you know, it's like it, it, it causes you even more pain when you start to really wake up to it. And yeah, I think a lot of people, you know, in modern times are even going through that just in different ways right now, you know, oh, really starting to wake up to what's been going on in this world. And that's hard. Like that is, that's a painful process. In and so of many itself. people are going through this as well, where there's so many people that are really trying to help one another and they, they are holding much more light and much more compassion and just completely being attacked yeah. from all sides because it's really hard for an unhealed person to see the light in somebody else, just like as it was for this man seeing this compassion in Anawaya. Yeah, I think it's a, it's a good lesson for all of us, you know, in the spiritual community, no matter, you know, kind of where you're at, you know, in your spirituality for, for us to recognize that, you know, the people on the planet who are in the darkness, who are still caught in that, that struggle and that state of separation for for us to do our best to embody that compassion that Inawaya had and 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 to not perpetuate that darkness, right? Because you know when, right. when we feel it coming at us, right? It's so easy to want to retaliate in that way. It, it's so much harder to hold that higher state of compassion and love and empathy. But that's really what we're being called to do right now. Right, it is, and I, I really um, appreciated hearing Anawaya's story of how he did that because it helped me. It reminded me, okay, yeah. it's great. I, it's great to do this as well, no matter what, because people are just seeing themselves. They're upset with themselves. It has nothing to do with us, or with, it had nothing to do with him. Yeah. He didn't do anything. Yeah, mm. such incredible lessons. For us all. 
Yeah. I know. Yes, definitely. Gosh. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, I just, I want to appreciate you, Sarah, for like being willing <laughs> to, to have these sorts of conversations, you know, cause it's not, it's not easy, you know, to, to talk about, you know, these things and to, to bring that to the world in a public way. <laughs> and, and I just so appreciate, you know, your open heart and, you know, your, your integrity in the process, because I think that, you know, it's so, so necessary, you know, right now for us to be able to have these sorts of conversations and, and, and from a spiritual perspective, you know, not stay in that state of polarization and that state of separation, right. but to, to, you know, just bring like a, a bigger picture perspective to, to oh. what we're all going through. Thank you so much. I mean, but that really is it. it it's really what we're all going through. And I really appreciated just the knowledge coming from so many different clients, just how, um, how we came to do this, how we all separated in order to come back, but come back greater this, that that's the purpose for all of our journeys. Because essentially when you go deep within any client, you reach the same place, you reach unity consciousness. And it's true. We are all one in a sense. But we all come here, we all forget, and we come here to remember in this way. And we remember, it's almost like remembering greater when you've forgotten. Otherwise, there'd be no growth, you know? And so as much as it's horrific, the things, the traumas that we go through, there's a reason why we go through these things. And it's really to bring us to a different place, a different place in our evolution, because we can all evolve more, you know, together in this way. It's just like when you have a fight with someone you love and you're so upset about fighting with them, but you realize that it brought you to a different level in your relationship Yeah, and how and you make it better. <laughs> yes, exactly. It's amazing how all these symbols that the Native Americans had would remind us of these things. And the symbols used all come from the star people as well, just as little tools that we can see that will remind us, you know, we're doing this for a greater purpose, yeah. that we're here, you know, to basically come back together because consciousness has an agenda right now. And the agenda is unity consciousness. That's what they keep saying when they come through my clients, that that's, that's the universal agenda is to bring everything back together as yeah. we go through this ascension. And anything in line with that experiences harmony. Right. Anything that's not is, experiences the discord as we move forward. And it's like we're at a point in our modern human civilization where like we're being given this opportunity to, to transcend, you know, what, right. what karma we've had collectively and to, to, to move back into that state of unity like you talk about and and like and it's like that hard like growing pain period you know where we're like yeah. we're, we're going through the eye of the needle we're like breaking we're trying to break through that and and I want to touch on one part of your book that I think is important because it's related to prophecy and and just that like what trajectory we're on as a civilization right now because like there's all sorts of prophecies out there right um and ancient ones about the current you know tribulations and trials you know we, we we would be going through right now as a civilization and you know prophecies are just probabilities you know those mm -hmm. timelines shift and alter depending on 
you know, the actions we're taking and how we're evolving. And you had some information come through about that, about the trajectory we're on as a civilization. So I'd love for you to share that because what we focus on, right, we're giving energy to, and and it's so easy for us to, you know, get latched onto these like negative probabilities and, you know, let ourselves ruminate and stew on that. So I want to talk about what some of the more positive probabilities might look like. Sure. You know, uh, this is through countless clients. I ask the same question and this is what I get over and over and over again. It's not doomsday at all. It's not like that at all. In fact, what they've said is that we're on a trajectory um, just as other earth planets have been on this trajectory where this planet is becoming imbued with more light, Mm -hmm. higher frequency light. It has no choice but to go up in its frequency. Anything that's also going up in frequency with it will continue to go up and become more light. And there will be like less density, a more unity feeling, a happier feeling, manifestation will be a lot quicker. It will just be a more beautiful existence. Ancient structures within this frequency will look um, more beautiful. Colors will have a different vibrancy to them. That is the trajectory of what I've been told. But right now there's a lot of chaos because the chaos is almost like a woman giving birth. There's something beautiful at the end, but in order to achieve this, it's chaotic. But the most important thing that they have said anyone can do is basically to work on themselves. That that's the most important thing. You come here to, in this collective, you know, consciousness, so to speak, because you're co-creating with others but you're also experiencing your own reality that you're creating yourself so each person has like almost like a bubble around them where they literally are creating their own reality although we're sharing kind of so to speak a collective reality but we are the the creator of ours right so when you change what's going on internally say you do deep inner work or maybe the work with you and you work out your traumas, your outside, the reflection of what is internal will be reflected to you externally. And you will shift and change your reality by working on yourself. That is the most important thing anyone can do. And becoming a spiritual master leaves an imprint within this realm that anyone can tap into. A lot of people leave this physical reality with little left behind that little that stays here but when you become almost like a spiritual master you master yourself spiritually that never leaves and anyone can tap into it just like buddha and christ you know did this so that is the most important thing of course it's so important to help others but the most important person you need to help is yourself Mm, i love that i think that's such a beautiful message to to end on and leave people with because like you said it's 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 all connected but it starts with us and and you know we can think about the legacy we're leaving and you know what what sort of patterns we're perpetuating or what sort of patterns we're breaking and shifting and clearing and um i just again want to thank you for today and reconnecting and having this conversation and maybe to close out um, since we started with a prayer and, you know, we're, we, we intended, you know, to hold space for 
the healing of anyone who needed it today. You know, one of the things that I do in shamanic practice and in our um, rites of the Munaiki shamanic initiation that I take people through is fire ceremony. Because when we work with fire, you know, it's like an alchemical process of, you know, releasing energy or working in the energy field. And we work with sticks. So I thought we could just do a little fire ceremony together. I have a candle here and, and, just use the ending of this conversation to set the intentions to release what we've been carrying that. around these events, you know, for, for us, for anyone watching, for, you know, the collective, for, for humanity. I love that. Okay, cool. Um, so, so anyone watching, you can do this as well. And we're, we're going to use this stick. And what we're going to do is take a moment to just anchor on that intention within ourselves to release what's not ours to carry anymore, to release what is not for humanity to carry anymore. And then we're going to blow that energy into the stick and you can blow it just right across the screen into this stick because time and space is an illusion. We're all connected. <laughs> so no matter where you are, when you're watching this, you know, this works, it's an effective and quick process. So so I'll just invite us all to take a moment to just get clear on that intention within ourselves of letting go, of shedding our past, of releasing the pain. Allowing our souls to know it's, it's safe to let go. And when you're ready, just blowing that into the stick. Blow it into the stick three times. And then I'm just going to bring it to the fire. And then we just let it burn. And then we can do one more together. Maybe this time setting an intention for what we want to experience here on earth together, setting an intention for future generations to bring Lemuria back, to bring that garden of Eden, that heaven on earth back. So just taking a moment to get clear on that within ourselves, maybe visualizing what those beautiful vibrant colors look like visualizing those restored pyramids and gardens, Mother Earth flourishing. And when you're ready on what that looks like and feels like for you, you can blow it into the stick again three times.
And then we'll give that to the fire. So this can be a really beautiful, simple, easy process. Anyone can do at home. For releasing or for intention setting. <sighs> and I'm so glad we're, we're able to do this on a full moon and Me too. yeah, use this, use this energetic opening for, for this and Sarah, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank I really appreciate you holding the space for everyone. I appreciate you so much. I appreciate you. you so much. It was so good to be here. And thank you everyone for also, you know, being intentional with, with your energy today and holding that space also. And, um, you know, for, for being part of this conversation, it's really important, you know, work that we're doing right now on the planet. And, um, I'm just sending you all love, sending your ancestors love, sending you love, Sarah. Thank you. <laughs> sending love back, sending you guys all love and sending you love too. <laughs> thank thank you. you. And for, for anyone um, who wants to, again, find Sarah, check out the, the links in the show notes. We've got all of her information there along with her books that you can check out and um, check out, you know, her sessions if you feel called to, to go deeper in your healing and, um, you know, accessing information that can help you continue releasing, um, reach out and, and work with her. She is incredible and has helped so many people already. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks. Bye, everyone. Bye. Have an amazing rest of your day and happy full moon. This is coming out a little after the full moon, but happy full moon energy. And uh, we'll see you next time. Bye for now. Bye.